0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit TheAthletic.com for recent updates on NFL reopenings, MLB's latest plan. Yes, there's another one, <laughs> reportedly at least, plenty to talk about on The Athletic. And of course, the NBA comeback. The 22 teams are finalized, the format is coming into fold. Lots of coverage on all of that, including plenty more across the sports and world landscape. Visit theathletic.com slash SpotTrack for 40% off your annual subscription. It's $2.99 a month. Good afternoon. My name is Mike Giannetti. Welcome to this week's edition of the SpotTrack podcast. Sometimes things just fall into your lap. I was uh, set to go in one direction, and then the Minnesota Vikings released a statement through Adam Schefter that Delvin Cook has left the building the virtual building. He's removed himself from the virtual workouts and he will be away from the team until a new contract extension is in his hands, if and when. That's what we're going to talk about today because it's a big if. Uh, It certainly prompted me to go back down the running back rabbit hole, which I've done plenty of times on this show with multiple guests, but it never fails to be interesting. And here's where we are. It is a the value position to the maximum effort now. And it's not just that the current players aren't making major dollars and that, you know, we know how many teams have opted for third, second to third round picks and kept them on rookie contracts and then sort of moved on from there. Well, we've come kind of come to a, (laughs) a breaking point moment here because I was able to put together a list of 2021 free agent running backs. That is pretty darn impressive. This is what stands to exist next March. Derek Henry, Delvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, James Conner, Joe Mixon, Matt Breida, James White, Kareem Hunt, Damian Williams. Those are all legitimate running back ones. Not all, you know, some better than others, some better receivers than others, it, you know, maybe fit today's game a little bit better. But that's quite a list. That is quite a list. That's that's half the league worth of running backs right there is what that is. Um, we know it. We know that the price has dropped. Teams need three to four to five on a, on a roster for the entire season because of injuries, because of the way that they're being used, even more so to some degree because of the receiving game now, and it's certainly the blocking game. But I want to focus on Cook to start because it's a really interesting test case and it brings back a situation we discussed a couple of months ago it seems like many moons ago but it was just three months ago that we that the NFL sort of rushed itself into a CBA Um, right before that free agent league year hit the vote went to the players there was a bit of an extension to allow more information to get out there and we certainly took advantage of that and sort of got, got ourselves in front of it. And one of the big takeaways, and we had uh, current NFL agent Shane Costa on to discuss that a little bit, and we certainly discussed it across the landscape a little bit, is the holdout change. It's a big, big change. And it doesn't seem big, but in Delvin Cook's specific instance, it's a big deal. So here's where we are. And I'm going to compare it to a couple of other situations so you can kind of understand why this is important. Delvin Cook is entering his fourth year with the Vikings. It's the final year of his rookie contract. He was not a, fir- a first rounder, so he does not have a fifth year option. So his options are miss your fourth year, which is what he has now said he's going to do. Now, I certainly, you know, we're a long way away from week one, but he's staying away from the Vikings right now before his fourth year. What's big about that? You need four years of crew to become an unrestricted free agent. That's the list I just sent you. All of those players need to recruit one more year. So cooks entering year four. And it's a big deal. If he doesn't accrue this year, he will not be eligible for unrestricted free agency. He will revert back to restricted free agency. Various paths this could go down, but none of them are good for Delvin Cook. None of them get Delvin Cook to an open market where he has options. And oh, by the way, we're starting to see that maybe not may not be the best option anyway. Look what happened with Melvin Gordon, who we're going to talk about here in a second. $8 million a year for a player who can do everything. That's what happened in free agency to the best running back available. That's that's what happened. Todd Gurley would have been the best running back available, but his limitations from an injury standpoint hold him back. So he received an incentive based five million dollar contract on a one-year deal. That's what the free agent running back market looked like this year. And it was a couple of decent names. It's nothing like the the list I just read you, which could be next year if if things break that way. I don't think it will, by the way. I think I think players like Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon will be off that list pretty quickly. Possibly Aaron Jones, but that's a maybe for me. But I don't think the majority of that list is getting a contract extension this offseason or during the season or leading up to next year. I think, for the most part, half that list is worthy of a franchise tag, and half that list is just going to walk, and they're going to find those middling contracts, like I just mentioned, that happened this free agency. It's a bad, bad situation. Like I said, this is the coming point. This is where it was all coming down to with this devaluation process, now where you have legitimate running backs who are not old. These are not 30 year olds. These are 26, 27, 28 year olds who are ending their rookie contract in most cases who there's just not a point forward in a lot of cases. There's not evidence to say, ah, we'll give this guy, you know, 50 million over the next three. And then we'll cut ties from there. Even that is becoming less and less of a thing, even though that's probably the right thing to do with some of these names, Delvin cook being one of them. Uh, So where are we with Delvin Cook? If he, if he continues this holdout, here's what changed in the new CBA. It used to be you could get yourself pretty close to week one, 30 days before week one, and then you'd be at risk of losing that accrued season, and you'd really, it would really impact you, especially in his position. The fines got stricter as well, by the way. If you're a veteran trying to hold out of camp, you're getting, you're getting tagged for a $40,000 fine every day, and the team can no longer waive it. That was usually a thing. Teams would always under good graces say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna throw those out because it was their option, whether or not they were actually gonna draw the money from the player." Now it's mandatory. The league wants that fine money for the the donation systems and things like that that they can put back into the into the protocol. So that's a big change for the CBA as well. So it's a little bit more difficult. There there can't be a wink wink situation with a you know a savvy veteran and his team to say, "I'm not coming to camp," and you can make it sound like it's a bad thing, but you you know we'll get rid of these fines at the end of the day. That can no longer happen so now the change with the cba is if you miss five legitimate days of training camp you will lose that accrued season i have to be honest with you this is the point that was made to me in march and it was in the in the addendums and some of like the some of the outlines that were sent from the nfl saying you know this is what changed from 2011 to 2020 cba that, was, that point was made very clear there. I've spent hours here looking at the current CBA, the 2020 CBA. And I don't exactly see that spelled out. I know, I know it was made clear to us by the league that that's a part of it. But it's possible that what I'm telling you isn't 100% true. Uh, and that would be simply that maybe something changed at the last minute after that vote got pushed back a little bit, maybe there were some things that were, maybe maybe some language was changed a little bit. But to my best knowledge, and again, I, I can't exactly pull the, the language out of the CBA right now, but I'm going to keep on that and see if I can get that on Twitter to make sure everybody's on the same page. But to my knowledge, from what we all, all were told in March, and like I said, what we were given from the NFL in a referendum, that it was made clear that five days of training can't miss means a loss of a crude season, which for Delvin Cook would mean he would not be available to hit the free agent market again might not be a bad thing it you know sticking around with minnesota a team that's going to be contending and i think wants to keep him around we'll see we'll see um but that's the change that's where we are now so 5 days of training camp missed he will lose the fourth year even if he comes back it's gone it's gone because of that because of that hoop missed. Again, that could be something that goes in arbitrary. Let's say he misses five days of training camp, comes back week two. I don't know. Maybe you can go to court for that. <laughs> it's possible, I guess. But everything we saw basically said they're going to be extremely strict with players holding out, not only on from a veteran standpoint, but from but from a rookie standpoint as well. And look at first year rookies, there's there hasn't been a first year rookie holdout in forever. It's just that that's a thing of the past. That's an antiquated. Uh, crutch, so we'll see. We'll see where this actually goes. Uh, let's just talk Vikings for a little bit because it's interesting. They have a franchise tag player right now, in Anthony Harris, a safety, who's sitting on an eleven and a half million dollar franchise tag, which is that's a pretty high number from a cap standpoint for Minnesota, who's had to do some work just to clean up their cap at all. Certainly, they had to extend Kirk Cousins out a couple of guaranteed years to, to lower his cap hit. They've got about 11 and a half million of space right now according to our top 51 they don't have rookies signed yet at all I mean they've got if you remember they had a dozen or so picks and maybe even more was it 15 11, 12 30 unbelievable yeah so they've got they've got some rookies to get under contract not that that's going to make a huge dent on the cap number but extending Anthony Harris and there's that July 15th deadline for that could help yes he's gonna need 15 million a year that's the new number for safeties and I believe he's he warrants that that's the reason your franchise tagged him in the first place you didn't want to uh, you didn't want to just let him go for nothing because he's worth at least an extension so any kind of extension is gonna be up in that 14 15 million dollar range and his market value says as such on spot track by the way he's also a trade candidate though it's really possible and that would completely wipe out the cap, of course. That would take the 11-4 away from Minnesota immediately. And in that position, now we're getting real serious about a situation where Delvin Cook could be extended. You could even you know, restructure a few other things, maybe throw Dan- Danell Hunter a couple more dollars because the contract is just ridiculously low, uh, even though he's in the middle of it. But in terms of this year, I don't see too much trouble in moving some cap around and getting it done. Next year is a little bit different. They're up against it. They're going to have to make some decisions on players like Kyle Rudolph. Um, uh, their, their offensive line really as a whole over the next 18 months is gonna to have to be addressed. Probably get a little bit a little bit younger and cheaper there, just from a football and a business standpoint. I would imagine a Riley Reif, the left tackle heading into this year. It, I mean, he might be a bubble player right now. He might be on the trade block right now because of his cap. And certainly next year I would put him there. So over the next two years, there's going to be some movement. There's no question. Any, anytime you sign this many players, homegrown like they've done, and they've really kept the band together for quite a while here, um, you know, you're going to have to lose every now and then. So is it Cook? Is Cook the player that never gets the contract? Well, now he's put his foot down. I think he, I think he understood that he was certainly in the running for that. <laughs> and looking at the landscape, I'm sure that you know, his agency is doing the homework that we just put out there, basically saying, we can't get to the open market. It can't happen. It just can't happen because you're up against 11 other running backs who they're at least in your conversation, you know, many of them. I think Delvin Cook is up there. Top three of that list. I mentioned it's certain, especially with Derrick Henry and the miles he's put on who knows what kind of outlook we have for him after 2020, you know, players like Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, the, you know, certainly, Leonard Fournette, even who had a big bounce back year last year, th- those players are in the conversation of Delvin Cook. And, and to be quite frank, and Joe Mixon too, to some degree, Delvin Cook just doesn't catch the ball enough to warrant an immediate, he absolutely has to get an extension. He doesn't. He catches half the balls and, and has half the reception yardage that, that Christian McCaffrey does. McCaffrey just broke, just reset the running back market, but he did so because of his abilities to catch the ball. He did so because he's a quasi-wide receiver. He catches, you know, a ton of passes. He's the modern day Le'Veon Bell with a little bit less drama, to be quite frank. Um, so it's you just can't do that. Delvin Cook has missed games. There's, there's just a lot of red flags, a lot of red flags. He has missed 19 games over the past three seasons, Delvin Cook. That's an immediate red flag, especially at this position. So the conversation kind of starts and ends right there with – should we absolutely sign this player? To me, it's a no until it's a yes with any running back right now. And you put that you put that kind of you know evaluation around it. It's a no right now. And even if I'm saying it's twelve, which I, the number we have for Delvin Cook on Spottrick is twelve point three million. That's the calculated value. That would be our base foundational price tag for him heading into a multi year contract. Well, the current franchise tag is ten point three with Derrick Henry. It's going to be right around there, maybe a little less, maybe, you know, it depends on if we get a couple more deals in the, in the top five for 2021 look a little better, but to me, it's going to be right around there. What's what, I don't even know if Dalvin cook should blink at that. I think he should just accept that going forward. I I really do. I think that's clearly the Vikings have shown that they are willing to use the franchise tag, and Oh, by the way, let players play on it. They've put their foot down there a bunch of times the Vikings really don't get into hold out contract, you know, back and forths with their players. The one that was most recent was Stefan Diggs, who, who a few times, you know, indirectly sort of wanted to get out because he was unhappy with his contract, unhappy with his quarterback, unhappy with the situation there. And I think maybe the, the, the feeling was mutual and he was, he was given his walking papers. He was given a deal to Buffalo, a good deal by the way, for the Vikings. So, to me, I would trend more towards that. So, but if, but if we're thinking about a trade for an expiring contract running back, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I don't even know where that lives right now. I mean, I look at this list of, of available players. You, could, you might be able to just pick off the open market next year. I mean, it, there's a legitimate chance you can have Kareem Hunt at, at your price next year because he hits the open market. The same might be the case for Chris Carson. Who's you know maybe a tiered, a second tier player in this conversation? Maybe Aaron Jones as well. I, I can't imagine Green Bay signing a running back. That just does, that doesn't fit their model ever, ever. So there's going to be names available. Mar- Marlon Mack. We we have to assume he's going to be available now that they've brought in the rookie this year in, in Indianapolis. I I think the same would go for James Conner. I don't imagine they would pay James Conner after not paying Le'Veon Bell can't see that happening. So there's, there's going to be names available. So you're going to say, why would I give up anything for an expiring Delvin Cook contract, knowing that I'm going to be in the same boat Minnesota's in, unless I give him what two for 24 guaranteed. And then some fluff after that, maybe a five for 65 for 65 to 70, just to make it look a little better. But we know it's going to be a two-year deal because that's what these all are. That's why I'm really actually happy with what Um, Melvin Gordon did. Yes, he didn't get the price tag he wanted, but he got decent money at two years, and he can try to redo this thing again in two years, or maybe even one year. If he comes out and he's a baller this year, you go and get a couple million dollars more. So that's essentially what I'm saying here with Dalvin Cook. I understand that the that the peanuts he's being set to play for right now isn't acceptable. I understand that it's 1.3 million, I believe. Yeah, 1.3 million cash is what he's set to make in 2020. That's not acceptable. He's certainly a better running back than that. I've laid out all the other options for him. (laughs) And it's kind of pick your poison right now. I understand that what he's doing right now. And I think I actually applaud it. I think it's the right move. Get your name out there. Get yourself onto Twitter. Get yourself promoted as I'm unhappy with my financial situation. Do it. It's the only leverage he has right now because of everything else I've just laid out for you. The only thing he can say is I'm not happy. And no one's going to argue with that. 1.3 1.3 million for Delvin Cook in 2020 is too little. That's fine. But I think every everybody's going also going to say 16 to 17 million, which is the new barometer, is way too much. I I'm actually confident with where we are in our, in our valuation. I think over a little over 12 million is probably right. And, you know, you can say the cap is increased and blah blah blah. Well, well, we all know the cap's going down next year. It's just the it's a looming elephant in the room. It's going to go down. There's going to be revenue loss, which is going to mean the cap goes down next year. It will bounce back after that. But another bad, it's, a, it's another red flag for a Dalvin Cook extension for the, for the Vikings who may be in cap trouble as it is because of their current roster. And then if the lead cap falls as well, that's even more damage that will be done. So what do you do? Do you, do you, do you appreciate what he has done for you to the point of where you say, all right, we can probably get two more years out of this. And we'll pay him like a modern-day running back who doesn't catch the ball should be paid. The problem is Melvin Gordon. I'm going to lay out the entire situation of Melvin Gordon and why it's different. Melvin Gordon was on a fifth-year option with the Chargers, who they exercised the $4.6 million, excuse me, the... 5.6 million dollar fifth year option for 2019 Gordon holds out. Why is that different? He'd already accrued the four seasons. He was a first rounder, he had four seasons accrued on his rookie contract, so he had already passed the threshold of allowing himself to hit unrestricted free agency. So the fifth year was kind of gravy for him. It's really just money. It's money and and it's 3 million more, you know, 4 million more than he had made the year before. So he took a chance on saying you know, I have the leverage of going to unrestricted free agency, whether I play this year or don't. Uh, Certainly he came back in the middle of it, made himself, you know, four and a half million dollars and then basically doubled that. And now he's earning eight million, nine million this year, a chance at seven million next year, you know, 16 over two with Denver who, oh, by the way, already has a pretty good running back in themselves. So it's a weird situation, but that's why Gordon is different. That's why Le'Veon Bell Bell was even more different than this because he was on a franchise tag. He wasn't even under contract. He was on an unsigned franchise tag. The only thing that mattered to him from a business standpoint was money. Every week he didn't show up and didn't sign that franchise tag. It was money not being made. Significant money not being made. I mean, he had a chance to make $14 plus in 2018 and he forfeited the whole thing and bet on himself. And he actually made some pretty good coin with the Jets and they regret it. (laughs) And there's no chance that you can walk me off that cliff any else. That's the problem. Zeke Elliott. We still don't know, but it doesn't look good. Todd Gurley, not good. Not good. David Johnson, not good. Le'Veon Bell, not good. The list goes on. It, it, it's not Devontae Freeman, not good. Lamar Miller, not good. I I haven't given you a good one yet. Kenyon Drake didn't get a contract. Derrick Henry didn't get a contract. Austin Eckler accepted a $6 million per year contract. And his production is, in in terms of whole production, pass catching and, and running through the tackles, it's comparable to many of these backs I just mentioned. You know, certainly not the top, top tiers, but he took about four to five million dollars less on an average basis than we had him valued. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. If you want to live, if you want to live on a multi-year contract, and as a veteran, and you're a running back, a you better catch the ball, then b you better be ready to take less. You just have to right now. You just have to. I know. I know. McCaffrey just broke the bank, but it's an anomaly. We cannot look at that as a barometer. We can't. We just can't. It's like Julio Jones as a wide receiver right now. Nobody's approaching Julio Jones's number $22 million per year because nobody's worth it. <laughs> and teams just don't see that. There may be teams that think what what Atlanta did is dead wrong. I mean, let's be fair. They've been at the bottom of the standings ever since they've done that. I, I'm not going to attribute their poor record to Julio Jones, but we all know putting your eggs in too many eggs in one basket hurts you from a cap standpoint. There's just too many. There's too much proof from a data standpoint to shit to say otherwise. So, you know, there may be teams that look at what what the Panthers just did with McCaffrey, and they're laughing at it because many people also think the Panthers might be the number one overall pick next year. They just paid a quarterback who may may work. They paid a running back way more than anybody's ready ready to pay. For, Here's the number. Melvin Gordon got $8 million a year. He's a proven veteran running back with at least two more years of, of good tread on his, on his wear. McCaffrey got double that. Double. McCaffrey better have three amazing years here. And We know what he's done to date. and He's certainly worth you know, giving, uh, giving himself a chance. He's going to be age 24, 25, 26 over the next three seasons. He's going to make $40 million to do so. It's not that bad when you lay it out that way. So 40 over three. But you know, this is where we were with Todd Gurley. We're we're one Christian McCaffrey injury away from hating this contract too, and that's unfortunate. But that's just the it's the reality we live in. In these multi year contracts, there are so many ways to punch a hole in it. That nine times out of ten, that's what happens. You know, the team, the the populace. You know, our our data. It just doesn't add up at the end of the day, and, and it's quickly becoming a thing. And that's what I mean. We've got this list of running backs who are going to be available, mostly going to be available. Where does Delvin Cook fall on this list? Where does he fall on this list? Is he tradable? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, because it would be. I'd be hard pressed to find a team who would throw a draft pick or or a legitimate player at the Minnesota Vikings for an expiring contract that they're going to have to flip into. You know, $35 million over the next two years, or like I said, 40 over the next whatever in terms of rolling guarantees. If if Delvin Cook is happy with 10 a year, what if what if what if that's all it was? What if it was we're gonna guarantee you two franchise tags right now? Right now. So let's say we take Derrick Henry's 10.3 and we add the next tag, which would be about 12.4. And that's, we're talking about 20, almost $23 million over the next two years. Is that enough? Is that enough? That's pretty darn close to our valuation here. What if it was just two for 24? We'll extend you two for two years, 24 million, fully guaranteed, and we'll go from there. And we'll let you go and get what you can get after that. Is it a terrible move for the Vikings? I don't think so. Now you could throw dummy years on that, add add a decent signing bonus so that you could keep your cap low and then take a little bit of a dead cap hit in 2022 after the two years of you know two actual years are up. A lot of teams are going that route. Saints are one of them. I expect them to do that with Alvin Kamara by the way. You're gonna have to. You have to align all this with Drew Brees. You have to align all this with Michael Thomas's contract. You know there's a there's a there's a window in place. Minnesota's in their window right now. Many believe that you know they've been contending the last couple of years. Yes, they lost digs, but I think many believe that they're still contenders but they're contenders because of Delvin Cook too. He's a big part of that. Yes, there are running backs behind him that can that can be serviceable running backs. Maybe even a little bit better. We'll see. But if it's a you know, if they're if they're pushing to win, part of that has to include Delvin Cook. Now, they could just pay him 1.3 million this year knowing he probably has to come back. He's not going to want to he's not going to want to lose that accrued year. You put him on a cream hunt path where he's a restricted free agent after 2020 and you can kind of set your price because I just don't think anybody's coming in with a big offer sheet. We haven't seen that either. Those days appear to be done really too, especially at the running back position. So that's what I mean. Every path you try to go down with Delvin cook, there's a roadblock and that's unfortunate because that's where we, we all kind of knew this was coming. This is the culmination of a long process, really a decade long process for the running back that has gone from Adrian Peterson, making a hundred million dollars all the way down to really all pro running backs set to hit the market and a market that's going to be 10 million or less based on what we just saw this off season have you ever wanted to take a shot at getting a $12,000 Michael Jordan rookie card or a $1,600 autographed Tom Brady helmet for a fraction of the price hip parade is the premier authentic autograph sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the country anyone out there who collects or has man cave or is just into this kind of stuff. If you were a, if you were a trading card junkie back in the day, and you've graduated into the memorabilia world, this is the way to do it. Okay, these are these are mystery boxes full of incredible stuff that some of which could be worth a ton of money. Most of which is going to be really of value. Take a shot at getting an autographed item from the biggest names in the game, like Jordan and Brady, Zion Williamson, Mike Trout, and many more. Get your box at Hit Parades, exclusive online provider dacardworld.com that's dacardworld.com no one has more hits than hit parade and we want to welcome hit parade and david adams card world to the spot track world super excited to have them on board for for a while here they're going to be the uh, the guest hotline sponsor it's going to be the hit parade hotline check out dacardworld.com today okay back to running backs where do we go from here what is the best approach to do? What should, let's just keep it simple. What is Minnesota doing? Are they going are, are to f- fold a little bit here and compromise to some degree with what I just proposed? Two years, 24 million, go from there. Does he take that? Does he take that? It's 4 million more than what, excuse me, it's 8 million more than what Melvin Gordon just got who's a couple of years older, missed half of last season, but, and also catches more balls. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure Delvin Cook is as, as, as complete a running back as Melvin Gordon. And I, I believe that the, the the stats bear it out. And I believe it based on the eye test, um, but he's younger. And right now being young, being young and good is the only leverage you have as a running back. That's it. So is that worth 8 million more to the Minnesota Vikings? Probably. It probably is, especially if they think they're going to use him like they've been using him as long as he's been healthy. And I understand that's a huge red flag. I think two for 24 probably works for everybody. I think Cook hates it immediately, but he might have to get himself to that point. And I think it's a good barometer for where we could be going with these fourth year, you know, non first rounder. Look, if you're a first round pick as a running back, you're done. You're getting four years, a fifth year option, and a franchise tag. I don't know why any other team would do otherwise. Why? Why would you? To me, the Derrick Henry approach is perfect. Now, Jacksonville basically said, "All right, we're done with Fournette. Uh, we're not even going to go that route. We're going to have to bring him back cheaper if he wants to stay here." They're going to lose that bet. They declined the fifth year option. Certainly, there were there was plenty of of incidents in, internally that probably forced their hand to do so. He had a great year last year. He actually caught a bunch of balls. In fact, his production from a, a global standpoint is probably ahead of Cook right now heading into 2020 based on where he was last year. So there's going to be names like that where you look at some of the stats and you, understand, and you think to yourselves, man, this guy can get the job done. Chris Carson, when he's healthy, gets the job done. We know Marlon Mack, he was carrying that Colts team until he he was injured and then they fell right out of contention. I mean, that's just a fact. So. There's guys that can do it. There's guys that can do it. But will they or will teams just dive back into the draft pool, just dip back into the college pool and take what they can get for a fraction, a third of the price, a third of the price? I don't know. It's a big, big offseason. Much of like we had the quarterback carousel this past offseason and many of those prices dropped. You know, Philip Rivers at $25 million was probably the one that was dead on. Brady took a little bit less. He, he didn't get top dollar. Breeze took a little bit less. He didn't get top dollar. It's just kind of where it went. The, uh, the carousel, you know, whenever there's supply, the demand and the price will, will drop. And there is a massive supply of potential free free agent running backs, which is not good news. Let me say it again. I think what Delvin Cook has done today in speaking out and saying, I'm, I'm walking away from the Vikings until we can get this resolved, is the right move. It is, the, it is the only thing he can do right now. Doesn't really hurt him. Doesn't really hurt the Vikings. Like I said, they're still virtual right now. So he's basically logging off is what he's doing. Uh, I just think, I think they're going to get to a price. It's going to be a more modernized version of, an, of a running back extension. We just can't keep doing this. We can't keep banging our head against the wall and saying, well, maybe this time it won't hurt. Well, it's going to hurt. Every big running back contract hurts. I hate to say it i don't want, I don't want to stop or 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 hold back players from getting as much money as possible, but you know the teams are on to us here. <laughs> the GMs are on to us, so unless you're really an anomaly and a standout and a five tool running back who lights up and, and fills up the stats, it's just not a given. it's not a given. So I think he's going to have to take whatever he can get. I think I think it'll be north of 10 million. I think it has to be north of 10 million a year no matter how long it is to even be considered by his camp. But, uh, you know, the Melvin Gordon situation was bad for everybody. The Chargers didn't fold. And he he came back and was not, he was a shell of himself as a running back. Austin Eckler put him to shame for the remainder of 2019. And he's the one that got paid on a massively discounted price. And then, like I said, Melvin Gordon walks to free agency. He's got a couple of teams looking at him. But he doesn't even come close to ten million a year. So we've gone from, you know, Le'Veon Bell putting his foot down and getting himself thirteen million a year, but the Jets immediately not liking it. I mean, the new staff that came in basically said, "What did we do here?" And I believe they feel still that this—they still feel that way. Teams that just aren't going to want to do that with a Dalvin Cook. So you know, he's not a tradable option unless, unless the Vikings won't even go two years 24 million because i do think there's probably a team that will do that right that that can say okay for two years if we can if we can behind the scenes agree agree to a trade that allows us to put him on that kind of cost control contract and that kind of short-term contract that aligns with our path uh, and we can go forward from there Uh, maybe i don't know but I, I also think there's probably 80% of the league that looks at $12 million a year for our running back and is laughing, is laughing at that. So it's, it's bad news. It's bad news. And there's a lot of great names that need contracts. Hopefully, they all kind of come together and agree to bring their costs down. Not all the way down. Like, like I'm saying, I, I hope that we live in the $10 million mark because that's what a good... They're, they're important as hell a running back one is important as hell and you're not just going to find a new one every three years in the draft that's a false that's a false statement yes there's plenty of good running backs that come out of college into the nfl but they're not all melvin gordons they're not all derrick henry's you know there are standout running backs you know you're going to have your situations where you're going to have to have you're going to have to be in the right draft spot to get those kind of players. That's why even this past draft you saw teams go up to get running backs. You saw the Chiefs grab a running back late in the first. You saw the Colts, the Ravens. These are teams that didn't need running backs. Literally, all three of them didn't need a running back, but they have rookie running backs because the timing was right to turn the fl- and, and flip the switch from a financial standpoint. They know the Ravens know they're going to move on from Mark Ingram after 2020, most likely. And now they've got their predecessor. The Colts know we're not going to pay Marlon Mack $12 million a year. We've got, we've got his predecessor. That's where we're going, unfortunately. It's all, the data is right there in front of us. So I, I hate to say that these guys aren't going to be getting the money that was there 10 years ago, but that's just a, it's just a fact. It's a long list. They're going to have to come way down. It's possible that Derek Delvin Cook is the top player on this list. I don't, know, I don't know how to rank this list right now. I know Mixon's going to get a pretty good contract, probably to stay in Cincinnati, and that probably happens soon. Uh, of all these contracts we're talking about here, I do think Joe Mixon gets, gets done first, because since he's in a very cost-a-controlled cost situation across their offense, I mean, they've got a high franchise tag on A.J. Green, that's not even something they bat an eyelash at. So paying a running back right now on that roster is no big deal. And it makes sense, by the way, to have a little stability there with an improved offensive line and a, and a brand-new quarterback. So I get that. I do get that. But what if they think Delvin Cook is a better option than Joe Mixon? And maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Lots of big names to follow here. We will keep up with this. Certainly, Derrick Henry also falls into that July 15th deadline, by the way. We'll keep an eye on that. I, the, you know, the less I hear, the more I think he's sticking on that $10.3 million, And then they're going to reassess the whole situation next February, possibly a second tag. Likely not, though. Uh, I think he's the poster child for the four years, fifth-year option, six-year franchise tag. And we go from there. Okay. That's all I got for you today. Lots of running back talk. Will Dalvin Cook get paid? How does the holdout work? Again, I'll reiterate that for uh, for those of you that kind of came in late to this, and I will put this on Twitter as well. Um, I'm going back and forth with a couple of people that I trust in the industry just to confirm. As far as I can confirm, and I and like I said, I'll try to pull the actual verbiage out of the out of the CBA when I find it. But any player who misses any kind of training camp, I believe it's a five day threshold, but even that may have been written out. It might be any kind of missing and any kind of absence from training camp, you lose the accrued year ahead of you. Meaning Delvin Cook would not get his fourth year accrued, which is required to hit unrestricted free agency. Meaning he would be a restricted free agent after 2020 if he were to hold out into into training camp. That's new. That's stricter. The fines now are stricter. They're $40,000 per day, and they are mandatory fines. They are no longer optional to the team. So there's a, there's a financial aspect to it for veterans. There's, an accru- there's a tougher deadline on the accrued season loss for the younger guys. I don't know if it's going to make a difference. I'll finish on this. I, I gave you, I kind of laid it out loud for you sporadically here. At the end of the day, I don't think it matters to Delvin Cook if he loses his fourth year of accrued season because going to a, a market with these names, with Gurley, Carson, Jones, Mac, Connor, Kamara, Mixon, Breda, James White, Kareem Hunt, Derrick Henry, Fournette, I mean, hitting an open market with that list—that's that's that's devaluing the devalued is what that is. That is too much supply, too much supply with not enough demand. Especially when the demand is not even looking at that list; they're looking at the list of seniors graduating college or coming out of coming out of college for the draft. That's where their eyeballs are at. So, not good news to be a running back right now. Hopefully, a couple of these top paid guys can really break out this year. Uh, It might be in their favor. If it's a if it's a weird offseason like we're having and there's not like there's not a real training camp, you know, especially if there's a new quarterback maybe on the roster or a bunch of new wide receivers passing options that won't be acclimated like a normal training camp, you know, mini camp preseason schedule could could do in the past. Maybe offensive coordinators will push back to the running game here a little bit more because it's a safer more organized, easier, more efficient option for a lot of these offenses, especially to get out of the gate. It could impact statistically some of these players who are looking for more money. I mean, you could have, I could easily see Chris Carson having a big, big year. A big year coming. He had a big year last year and then he was injured, but that's a whole nother enchilada. Kenyon Drake, you know, there's a new new running back there in Arizona. Todd Gurley is going to get a chance to run that offense. Uh, We've seen Falcons running backs do very well in the ground, in a ground and pound system, especially looking as they're going to have to take Matt Ryan. They're going to have to dial him back a little bit. There's just no question about that. He's a he's a cut release candidate after 2020 based on how that contract is structured. So they may run the heck out of Todd Gurley. And we know Derek Henry is going to be a factor. So, and, and who knows about Marlon Mack and Aaron Jones? If the plan is to move on from them, they're going to run them all day, run them all day. So it's a, it's a fun list. It's not a great list from a contract standpoint, unfortunately, but we are going to try to do our best to value these players in this context. And that's what I tried to do for you today with Delvin Cook. Uh, again, I agree with what he's doing. I think uh, you know making some noise right now is the right move. And you know who knows? <laughs> Maybe the Philadelphia Eagles say, yeah, we'll bring you in. We'll bring you here. We'll throw a six-round pick to Minnesota. We'll bring you here we'll give you two for twenty four we'll guarantee the whole thing you can run alongside Miles Sanders, and we'll go from there it, Crazier things have happened, and the Eagles are are usually that kind of team that do something like that, especially late in the season like late in the off season so maybe that's there i don't I don't expect that to be there you know i if that was there for Leonard fournette, somebody would have jumped on it because fournette had a great year, and he can make a team better right now but you know, maybe financial demands are way, way out there. And I hope all of these players, all of them, look what happened with Gordon and Todd Gurley and Austin Eckler and this this recent non Christian McCaffrey wave of running backs who had to come down to earth a little bit. I hope these guys are expect you know expect to come down to earth because Delvin Cook thinking he's going to get Christian McCaffrey money or even Ezekiel Elliott money is just it's silly. It's not going to happen. He's got too many missed games, too many red flags. Uh, he's going to have to cut his losses and compromise on, on a second tier. I mean, be the guy that sets the new second tier. That's what 12 and a half million can be. That's the new second tier of running back money, especially now with a cap that's dropping next year. If you want to be on a team that's contending, which Minnesota is, that's to me, that's the price you're going to have to take. And it's not going to be five years, six years. It's going to have to be short and sweet, you know, two years of guarantees, just understand where we are right now and, and don't fight it too much fight it for a little bit here in the offseason. I get that. But get yourself to a spot where if that offer comes, take it, snatch it. You got to get it. You got to do it. You got to get your money right now at 24 and 25, because it's just, it's just flat out not going to be there at 27 and 27 plus. That is a guarantee. Okay. For the athletic, thanks to the hit parade, DACardworld.com. My name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast.